Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Not Only Anime Podcast. Uh, Safe here in Reeves, and I know you haven't heard his voice in a long time, uh, and you might not be able to pick up on it because it's been so long, and he's also has probably lower audio quality today because he doesn't have his normal mic. But uh, Bruno, he's back. Can Bruno say something here? Something here. Got him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hello, good to be back. I'm more curious about you, Bruno, dude. Like, I haven't talked to you, and I've talked to you over text, obviously, but I haven't talked to you, like, on the pod in, like, 18 years, dude. <laughs> it has been a while. So, yeah, life's, life's kept me busy, and the uh, last couple months were kind of a blur. Uh, a lot of work-related travel, so that kept me busy. And I mean, also, in terms of the podcast, I uh, I don't think I felt strongly about anything that I was watching enough to want to dive in and really analyze it until Arcane. So I'm really excited to come back for that. Well, yeah, that's something that we've talked about is that like, especially like the last couple seasons have just have been very lackluster. You know, there's other, other than Mushoku Tensai, which I still think you should watch that, Bruno, but you probably won't like it because you don't like Isekai. Um, yeah, other than that, it's been pretty, pretty barren wasteland. Right now. <laughs> yeah, Arcane definitely is the best anime of the season. Okay, and I'm, glad Bruno, All right. I'm glad Bruno was able to convince Safe to finally watch it. So thank you, Bruno. I appreciate <laughs> that. Hater. It's the good old one-two punch. <laughs> all right. First of all, Arcane is not anime. I'll, I'll, I'll say that here for like a like in a minute, maybe, or 30 seconds, so we actually start oh, talking gosh. about Arcane. JoJo's, I actually started that as well. JoJo's uh, the Jolin uh, Stone Ocean arc. I watched the first five episodes on Netflix, and it's actually pretty good. And, like, to me, I'm more excited to keep watching that than Arcane just because I'm so tied into the JoJo um, universe. universe. Yeah. And, like, it just, like, I'm, I love how they keep things connected between, like, it's, it's all self-enclosed every season like they're not they're, they don't really go too much overlap other than like maybe like the first couple seasons but other than that like it's pretty self self-enclosed self-isolated each season but they still bring in like a couple things from previous season just so much fun to, to see that and I, and I enjoy it a lot so i'm pretty happy with jojo and I'm, I'm i'm gonna try and finish up maybe even today or tomorrow so i hope uh the next few episodes come out soon uh so you know, I do, I do, I am enjoying Arcane a lot though. So I'm not saying Arcane's bad by any means, but it's not anime. And we'll go into that soon. <laughs> Killing airtime by having this discussion. Oh, this is a very important discussion to have though. <laughs> we should just all agree that it's good stuff. Obviously, as y'all have probably picked up on it and maybe because of the episode titled that we haven't decided on yet, uh, you can tell this is an Arcane episode. We're going to be talking about the first three episodes of Arcane today. Uh, Bruno and Reeves both have watched the whole thing through, but I've only watched the first three episodes, so there's not going to be any spoilers past this first three episodes, because if they spoil it for me, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> so uh, that is what we're going to be talking about today. But before we go into Arcane, is there anything else that y'all are watching or want to bring up real quick, briefly, before we get into it? Uh, I, I finished Platinum End. I've basically not finished any of the, any of the other anime of this season, but the well, other show I watched... you didn't finish Platinum End. I because finished Platinum, Platinum is continuing on until well, next I season. I watched the last episode and it was terrible. <laughs> I hate Platinum End so much. I don't know why you enjoy it. 
I, I, I don't know why I enjoyed it either, but I will be watching the, the next season. Um, but yeah, no, I pretty much haven't watched that much anime other than uh, Arcane, to be honest. It's not anime. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you finish Mishoku Tensai? No, I still have three episodes in that. So I, I have to uh, have sail to the seven seas to acquire those episodes. But uh, we, we will see. Like, I, 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 I watched the end of that. And then I watched Wheel of Time and I'm watching Expanse. Other than that, I'm not mm-hmm. watching that much stuff. It, like, uh, what, what are those last two? I haven't heard of those last two. Is Wheel of Time worth it? it it's the costumes are fun and the panning, um, the panning like vistas are also fun. The acting's yeah. whatever, and the special effects are kind of bad. But with all that, it's said, live action. Yeah, it's live action. Yeah. But oh, okay. We're, we're we're really leaning into the not part of the podcast name today. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if y'all haven't noticed, we did a very not episode last time, and it might just be a couple of not anime episodes for the next few weeks so yeah <laughs> um. speaking of of not anime i uh surprisingly uh watched the marvel movie for once and liked it i watched the new spider-man dude i wanted to watch and, that uh, oh my god it's uh i, I mean I, I won't spoil anything but it's like i'm a i'm a marvel hater yeah and i still i still give this one a thumbs up like i still had a bunch of plot holes up the wazoo marvel stupid stuff but in general, it's like, hey, nostalgia is a powerful thing. It's one hell of a drug. Yeah. 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 So I want to watch that movie take. as well. But I'm also haven't watched like the last 10 Marvel movies. I feel like I've been I haven't seen, Marvel... seen a Spider-Man movie since 2004. I have watched the last. <laughs> I have watched all the Spider-Men, I think. But I haven't watched any of the other like like when I watched the last, I think Homecoming. I know it was after the whole. Uh, Avengers and the Infinity Stones and people disappearing, but I never watched that, so I had no idea what was going on at the beginning of the of the Spider Man movie. But it ended up being fine anyway, right? <laughs> I did end up watching that Banished Hero Banished to the Countryside. Uh, I actually enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't anything special, um, but it was better than a lot of the other stuff that was going on this season. I would what was the out of ten safe rating? I, see, the thing is like. Out of ten, I would probably still want to give it like a six. Um, okay, I won't. Watch but like it then. everything else on this season was is like below a five. So. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. It's it was, one of it was the best of the season. season. Yeah, yeah. When it, when, it's, when a six is in my top like three, probably of the season, that's not a good sign. Yeah, so I watched that show and it actually was enjoyable. One aspect of that show that I actually like that most shows don't do, most anime shows don't do, is like the romantic interest that occurs they actually act upon it like they actually like make out and have sex in the very last <laughs> episodes you know like right. normally it just like teasing and it the safe, entire safe time living, nothing... like curiously through them <laughs> well it's like usually the anime they just kind of like tease it and they don't ever actually make anything or happen but they'll here like hold hands underneath the like sakura tree and be like that's funny i I think I like you, and it's like, I think I like you too. <laughs> the end. Ski this, ski this, senpai. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I was I was happy about that aspect is that they actually acted upon liking each other. <laughs> JoJo and Demon Slayer are probably like the two best, and Mashoka Tensai are the best three of the season. And the last, the first two, JoJo and Demon Slayer, didn't even air at the beginning of the fall season, and they also. Yeah, so like they can't even—they don't even really count, you know. Yeah, they don't count because they're like not even like new shows. It's just an, another season of like an already existing IP. 
Well, yeah, and that, but yeah, but just like the fact that like JoJo came out in December, and they both came out in December, and then uh, JoJo's on Netflix, and this is just like a binge dump now instead of uh, weekly airing. So it's hard to count those shows, you know. But I guess let's get into Arcane here. And I just want to start off with saying that Arcane is not anime. Uh, and before you interrupt me, Reeves, and on your point, I'm going to give my my like my idea. Like I feel like anime has a very specific art style, and this is like not even close to similar. Uh, like B Stars 3D, I honestly like better than the 3D of this show, but just because the B Stars 3D is you don't even you forget it's 3D when you're watching it. Like it's it is like so slight and and just well done that i i think the 3d and b stars is way better and but also the 3d and b stars is, is more fitting to the anime style so this is like a completely different look honestly it's more of like a disney pixar 3d look uh it looks honestly i'm like looking at like this looks like a disney pixar movie uh it kind of reminds me like i don't know why but like the sh- <laughs> one of the characters faces I think it's the, the the bad guy, the one with the broken, like the messed up eye. His face, for some reason, reminds me of the face of the cr- critic in Ratatouille. <laughs> so, so I'm like, this is way more Disney Pixar than it is anime. Um, and then you also just you don't, you don't get any of like the classic anime tropes or whatever classic anime you know scenes that you would get in 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 this show. You know, um, so. That's where I, I'm like, it's not yeah, the same as anime. Sense. Yeah, it's anim, it's animation, but it's not anime. Couple things. Okay. But, yeah, go ahead, Ray. Yeah, I, <laughs> you I, go first. I, I get you a few things, Bruno. Then you, you you jump in. First of all, it's not Disney Pixar. If it was any style, it's Sony's in, like Into the Spider Verse uh, style, right? So yeah, to, potato, tomato, potato, tomato. But the angles and the like, uh, like character design in the line language is much too harsh to be a Disney movie. Like, there's very few like soft curves. There's a lot of hard angles and very, very intense uh, value work with the character design. Uh, so that's fine, but uh, it's definitely not Disney Pixar. It's much more like Sony into 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 the Spider Verse and any of that. Second of all, uh, all the backgrounds are basically two D matte paintings projected yeah. onto the geometry. So it's not even like 3D modeled stuff. B-Stars, all of their environments, it's 3D modeled with a shader on top. So if anything, more hand painting is going into um, uh, Arcane than B-Stars. So in terms of like like animation and traditional animation techniques, then whatever. It's more ar- on Arcane side for being anime. And the last thing is... If this was a fucking isekai, how is this not a fucking anime? These tropes of like, let's follow these two sisters or whatever, like doing things and having little adventures and a little heist. Yes, there's no there's no classroom and there's no like direct like, you know, school based setting. But this feels very much like an anime. And I think the main thing for me. It feels nothing like an anime. (laughs) For me, for an anime, the main thing is character progression over a like uh, season, like a a, like uh, self-contained season. And there is that classic like Bildung's Roman like um, coming of age story, and that's what Arcane's all about. Jump in, Bruno. Yeah, it's like any any show could could fit that. Like not even anime, like live action can also fit that. But like, it also needs to be things. animated because anime just means <laughs> animation. <laughs> yeah, but but I feel like well, most 
shows have character development and whatnot. Um, and coming in age my, is also... My yeah. counter argument to you, Safe, is how does this any of this affect your enjoyment of the show one way or another? Like It, it, it doesn't. You're, you're, it posing, doesn't, it, you're if, posing it as negatives, where it's like, so what if it's different from what you're used to? So what if it reminds you of this other property or not? It's... It's a very unique show in lots of aspects. So no, it it doesn't it doesn't uh, take away what it is on the show. It just like when people call it anime, I'm like it's not. So like I don't want people to associate this as anime because it's not anime. But I like so like someone can't say it's the best anime of the season because it's not anime. So you can't say that. But it is a great show, and I I am enjoying it so far. So all that's the, where, all that's the where big, I'm at on all this. the big anime YouTubers are reviewing it and claiming it as one of the biggest shows regardless of not of whether or not it's anime or not so my point is who cares yeah yeah exactly and i don't care what those about other anime reviewers so but the fun thing bruno is knowing that safe is wrong and arcane is anime (laughs) oh my i'm gonna i'm gonna kick y'all off the podcast (laughs) awesome but it is is a great show since we yeah, only have an hour, it is ten. a great show. <laughs> Go ahead. Since we only have an hour ten, we probably should talk about the first episode. Yeah, no, it is. It is a great show. I'm just gonna finish off like it's a great show. I'm enjoying it. I do recommend everyone to watch it. It's not anime, but it's awesome. And the the, the only thing I want to say related to the animation is that I don't know why. Like there are three D animated like all the like moving things, but like clouds and like dust clouds, they're not making them three D animated. There's two D, and it's like, dude, just like please make that three D. It's bothering me because it's like clearly two D, and everything else around it is three D. Yeah, it's just a way to save budget because doing volumetric rendering is very expensive in terms of processing power, and so it's easier just to have Mm -hmm. that be like a two D layer to paint on afterwards. Because they essentially on other things though, you know. Yeah, it, it it just depends on what it is, but like they just chose to do that with how they composite the image, essentially. Jeez, safe. If only you were this granular about everything you watched and criticized it. Anyways. Yeah, I was. I was on B stars. Remember, Class. I was saying that the I was saying on on B stars. I didn't like the three D art on the food, um, but other than that, B stars is great on three D. So hey, I, I give I give my little comments here and there. All right. Can I give uh, some general thoughts? Uh, so I've only watched the first three episodes, as I said, and I'm loving it so far. And I'm, you know, I, I, I kind of wanted to keep going. And I like message. I'm like, hey, can I watch the next episode or do I really need to stop at episode three? Because I, I wanted to see what happened next, especially like the cutoff on episode three is like, wow, OK, I need to know what happens next. Um, but general thoughts, uh, I really do like uh kid characters even though obviously spoiler alert uh two of them are no longer with us um unless some other spoiler i don't know that they're actually not dead um and then yeah i'm just i'm just excited to see what's gonna happen next i i i'm pretty i was pretty pro powder until the very last scene <laughs> of the last episode <laughs> and now i'm not pro powder okay. but um so yeah what about y'all so has she done anything wrong, Safe? Well, it's not that she hasn't done anything wrong. It's just like I She's don't know. She's a product of this, her environment. Well, and and this, I guess, 
I don't know how much we want to jump around here since it's like literally the last part of episode three. Um, but I know, you know, her sister, and I can't tell if that's actually her sister or not. Um, but she, even when everyone was shitting on her, she'd always defend her until that very last thing. And that's enough for her to say, you evil guy that was trying to kill my whole family. I'm going to hug you and I want to be you and get back in my sister. Like, seriously, <laughs> like, is that seriously? I, I, I'm not a psychologist. Is that enough to get you to just want to murder your sister and murder everybody? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I haven't uh, killed all my friends in an explosion, so I don't really know what the uh, psychological <laughs> trauma of that does. So <laughs> at least yet. That hasn't happened to me yet. <laughs> Again, get some general thoughts. So I just want to say, like, I don't have any league background at all. So I was excited to go into this blind and uh, like I mentioned at the beginning, this is like the first time in a long time that I've, I've encountered something that I think was worth uh, doing a deep dive and in, in me doing my going back to my usuals of like Googling stuff and YouTubing tons and tons of hours of content. So I've uh, watched a bunch of videos on details, Easter eggs, all this and that. So I recommend if anyone's really into it to go there because I don't really think we should get into the the nitty gritty details but there is a lot to, to dig in um in the in terms of the feel of the show i would um put it more along the sides uh, more along the lines of a video game which is based on and specifically to me it had a very bioshock infinite feel mm-hmm. with the whole steampunk universe i don't know if you guys have played it but yeah, yeah. it like especially episode yeah. one where they're built over like in in the top side uh running around after um, the explosion like that is like straight up bioshock infinite yeah uh, so I, I really enjoy that universe and really enjoy the characters i love how immersive the universe feels they have throughout the show they're gonna do a few walkarounds of different areas of the the cities and you feel really you get a really good feeling for whatever area they're showing the undercity piltover um it's it's fantastic so excited to to dive into it. Now, Reeves, you're the one here that actually lulls. I've never oh, lulled yeah. before. I've only watched Christian lull. <laughs> um, so can you tell us like how this like compares such meets your expectations as far as being a heavy luller and yeah, yeah. Is yeah. it like true to the feeling of the game? So okay, first of all, the league lore <laughs> has been essentially reset like three times. Um, it started off as like you are summoning these champions and fighting an arena that was something else that something else now to this right and I think they did it beautifully like the fact that people can enjoy the show and have zero context on League is perfect but by playing League and kind of knowing some of these characters you're able to see little easter eggs here and there like in the, the first opening shot where they're kind of like sliding down the um, the like roof and then you see those little cupcakes in the windowsill maybe you you, you didn't but like that is like a cupcake that's used in a different champion's ability. And so you're able to know, oh, that's kind of fun. And you know where they live. But like like Bruno was saying, like the world is so immersive and so expansive. And they did this huge project yeah. like Riot Games, did this huge thing with uh, Legends, Legends of Runeterra and some of the other games they're making to expand their IP of League of Legends, like this whole universe, right? Kind of like a Marvel world. Mm-hmm. 
and it feels so lived in and amazing. And it's like as someone who's played literally thousands of hours of this fucking video game, like it's so cool to see like the streets of Piltover and like the Undercity and it just really captures your imagination. And I also kind of had that ooh and awe feeling in that scope. And it's like, I hardly ever get that anymore in media. Like maybe if I'm lucky, like once a year and it was just fantastic that I got it literally every episode watching it. And it was amazing. And all those references to league, like they, they may enhance the experience, but the show is not depending on you knowing them, which is great. So it's very inclusive to, to both parties. Yeah, all it does is uh, it enhances the experience. You're like, ooh, that's fun. Like, it's fun to see this backstory, but it's not like you need to know anything. Mm-hmm. And then um, I guess another question I had is, have you seen an uptake in leaguers since uh, the like show came <laughs> out? Is it like are like the servers all like over you know full with people trying to play league now? Everyone, that they, everyone's that playing, but people from the I, show. I don't know. I don't know. I think. Um, there definitely is some metric somewhere on uh, like some like Riot Games, you know, bus- business analyst f- figuring that out. But I think it's very valuable for them to do this because it, it increases interest in their I- IPs. And they're, they're launching, I think, three more games this next year in terms of like completely different games, like a fighting game, uh, like a ac- like action side scrolling thing. So it's just smart to invest yeah. in your IP this way. Yeah, there are tons of sense. memes of uh, league players warning arcane viewers to not play league, to stay away from league as much as they can. Oh yeah, I mean, if you didn't start playing ten years ago, wait, twelve years ago or whatever when it first came out, fuck, I'm old. <laughs> if you didn't start playing then, you shouldn't start playing now, in my opinion. Well, so that was actually my, my last question: was should we start playing league after finishing the show? No, definitely no. not. Um, but there are some other fun cinematics for the legend, the legend of Runeterra to get different ideas of more of the universe of League. So I think the Runeterra universe is very good and has lots of different opportunities for stories. So, yeah. But don't don't watch anything yet. Uh, um, safe. Just first finish the series and then you can dive deep into the lore if you want to. OK, I'll, I'll make sure to do that. Awesome. Uh, another well, detail guess... uh, regarding yeah, the ahead, episodes. So I, I took a bunch of notes as usual. I went back and I even divided by like characters and key moments and episodes. And uh, a new thing that I'm trying is that for each episode, I selected uh, a favorite, my favorite scene of the episode and also selected a character MVP for the that. episode. And yeah, there's, there's so many good moments and so many good characters that it's uh it's a really fun fun experience and yeah we can we can talk about that as we go through each episode yeah bruno can you actually start us off with episode one because i feel like i didn't take as detailed notes i just kind of have my main thing is always themes (laughs) and i feel like you're more granular so it's fun to hear your thoughts yeah so i i mean i i did like a um take by take sort of notes but in general like we can just go by moments in the episode so you know it starts off introducing this group of orphans, really, with the, the battle at the bridge. Um, Safe, you mentioned the, how you weren't sure if they were sisters, uh, Powder and Vi. One of, the, one of the YouTubers that I watched actually also suggested that based on the reaction of Violet um, crying at the side of her parents and how Powder was a lot more 
passive about about it instead of openly crying she was more trying to comfort um vi so i don't know if the story would really benefit from the two of them not being sisters or not but it, it might be something that comes up in the future yeah no um, i i actually thought the opposite whenever i was looking at it i the, I, I like the mom that they showed dead her hair was more purple than like the yeah so I thought she Which, was I more mean, you know, likely like red and mom. blue, purple. Yeah, but I mean, no. do you see do you see value one way or another? No, I no, don't. and especially with how like close knit they are, they all see each other as family yeah. anyway. So it doesn't really yeah. matter. But so, I was just curious as to whether or not they were actually sisters. Yeah, to me, to me, it would be a bit of extra drama that is not needed, and it would be pushing kind of like a soap opera thing. Because we already know that the other orphans are just orphans, right? Like Milo and, yeah. and Claygar. So it's like, it would be okay if these two were actually, you know, blood-related siblings. Uh, but regarding that battle, and I'm going to be skipping a little bit in the episodes, but that battle, from what I gathered from the, the first three episodes, was a sort of uprising from Vander and mm-hmm. Silco working together. Um, towards, you know, independence of the the lanes or something like that, some sort of uprising mm-hmm. towards Piltover. And, um, you know, they were defeated, a bunch of people died, and Vander sort of took on, took on these orphans, which in my view is how he, his mentality changed a lot from Silco's, from turning into a fighter to now having something to lose with his the kids that he rescued. And so he, he turns into a more domesticated version of himself, which we later see in the show. And this is where the sort of the rift with Silco happens, where Vander makes peace with the, the enforcers, the Piltover people. Silco doesn't want to go that route. And then perhaps that fight with the, where, uh, where Vander tries to drown Silco happens. Um, and that's where they sort of go part their own way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all that just from the first scene in retrospect. Yeah, and yeah, that first scene, mean, like like the cinematic panning of the first scene, like at first, like, what's going on? <laughs> this is, I, I can't focus on this. It's like making my head hurt. But then like after seeing all was happening, I think they did a really good job of it because it's like it caused confusion. Like you felt confusion yeah. while you were watching that very first scene. And that's kind of what they wanted. They wanted you to be that confusion of, you know, fighting and people dying and, and whatnot. I thought they did that very, very good job on that very first opening scene. And the whole show is really worth rewatching. Cause again, you go back, even with those first three episodes, like you go back having the knowledge from those three episodes and, and things are a lot clearer. Um, but yeah, so after that, we go into the introduction of the kids they go towards Piltover. They're trying to prove themselves, especially Vi, as the leader of the group, uh, sort of trying to emulating Vander in, in that spirit of uh, um, uh, finding her place in the world and standing up to people from Piltover. She has a very innate sense of unfairness about people up top and people in the Undercity. So that's a really cool, um, I guess, side of her. She's very brash. So they break into this this house, the Jace, Jace's lab. Uh, and a couple of things I had about that was I was very confused about the the sandwiches that were left unattended there. Did you get did you guys yeah, yeah, have any how long, comment on that? But it was a cute scene. So the point was just to <laughs> it see was, but like, it was just yeah, to see like, how <laughs> cute and childlike powder is. 
Well, yeah, and then she doesn't get, they don't get food over there. So it's kind of showing, like, how starved they are. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, how long was he gone for? Who that sandwich should be, like, yeah. still safe to eat. Two of them. So it was, like, were they both for Jay's, one for Caitlin? And it's, like, they weren't even on a plate, I don't think. I think they were on, like, blueprints. Um, yeah, I think so. And, like, they, he was coming back right. with his. There his, was a uh, sandwich unattended, oh. not on a plate, and no napkin. Unwashable show. Completely. It's, uh, I, 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 my. Uh, suspension of disbelief. Even in my rewatch, I was like, how does this make sense? <laughs> Where's yeah, the it, kitchen it, in this lab? I didn't see a kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Chekhov's kitchen. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing because he was like hauling in that all the stuff he got from the you know, Undercity. Yeah, Undercity. I was like the underworld, Undercity, and and so it's like, did he just come back? You know, from there, or I guess he was. Where was he at beforehand for him to just be? I going think back it was a different trip. Office? Yeah, maybe like, he had a delivery. Been. Maybe he had a delivery where it's like he was working a little bit, made a sandwich, and then he heard he, he had to go pick up some more stuff, so he had to leave the sandwich there, you know, and then went, went back. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, so in general, you know, they get in there, they start grabbing stuff and then Jace comes to the door. They have to escape. So all that, I mean, is it's a fairly simple chase scene, but I think it was very well done, very well animated. Uh, they take you through the city. There's Easter eggs for a bunch of a league stuff that um, I didn't know until I watched videos about it. Um, so the next highlight point for me is when they get ambushed in the Undercity. And they have that slow motion fight or that, that fight with the other kids in slow motion portions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that really got me. Like, I think they, 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 they used the slow motion sparingly to greater effect. Uh, cause it was a very visceral fight. Like yeah. these are like children and they're like punching the crap out of each other. Like very violent at, at, at several points of at this show. I really thought this was going to be like, like a TV mature show. But it's TV yeah. fourteen, surprisingly. I was expecting the big uh, boy to like plow through these kids very fast because he's so much bigger than them all. But he was—he was even. I mean, he fight. was like taken down two at once at one point. He's but. blind, man. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, and during this fight, actually, came my favorite scene of the show of, of the episode uh, where. They they defeat this gang of kids, and then this guy Deckard pulls out a knife or a sharp object, and then freaking Vi, like at this point was when Vi won me over, and she turned into my MVP of the episode. Vi goes back to him, and then she says, "Want to see how that ends?" And I was I was a uh, one at that point. I thought that was a really really cool shot of her portraying her personality and the sort of character that she is. Uh, I mean, how how Deckard backed out. So that was a lot of fun. Um, So then, yeah, Powder gets chased. She dumps the bag into the river, but she still has the the gemstones with her. And then, you know, they start, they go back to the the, the last draw of the bar with Vander, a bit defeated. Um, But that's when, you know, they introduce a bunch of the other characters. And I really like how colorful they all are. There's a lot of different accents in the show. Vander's got like an Australian accent. Even uh, Marcus has a, a bit of an accent. Obviously, this, uh, Victor later on. Yeah, the assistant guy to the dean or whatever mm-hmm. he is. I don't know. I couldn't pick up exactly what it was, but there's there's something there. Um, 
What else? Uh, I like the character of Greystone that was introduced, the lady cop, uh, and how also I like the sort of duality of her role, how she's a peacekeeper up in Piltover, but she's really more of a, a diplomat um, trying to negotiate with Vander and keeping things in sort of a uh, uh, status quo by not pushing either side too much. So I, I, I was a huge fan of her. And then when they killed her off, I, I, I knew the show meant business uh, at the end of episode three when, when that happens, or the beginning of episode three. Uh, then we see, let's see. Yeah, so Echo confirms that Jace was a guy over there. Um, let's see, more on episode one. They have uh, Powder and Vi have that scene up on the roof, which I thought was a very touching scene, uh, just reinforcing Vi as the MVP. Uh, Vi points out that her favorite toy is a bunny up there on the electric lines which by the way, she rescues in episode, uh, I think it was three, two or three. Um, and then we end the episode with Silco, which, okay, this is a question for you guys. So Silco says that he ordered Deckard to follow Vi, but I, I didn't really understand like how that was connected. Um, did you guys, do you guys have any comment on that? As in like, so what was why his he was role? following her in the first place? Yeah, so so they Silco specifically says, "Why did you interfere? I just asked you to follow her, something like that." And then he says they caught us by surprise. It's um, because he wanted to steal all of their stuff, probably. But like he didn't know where they were but, going. Or but why, what, what right? was his original mission, though? No, because maybe because he was Echo. Echo knew about the the deal, right? And it's also implied Silco is basically just as informed as San, uh, Vander is, right? So if like whatever it is, the, the fat well, guy who's Echo's boss is the one who, who gave them the tip for the gear, then probably Silco knows. And then the thing is that at the at the end, Deckard redeems himself by revealing that the four kids were the ones that stole from the from Piltover. So he didn't know. I don't think he, uh, knew. he didn't know. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah, that's exactly. what made me question is like, what was his original mission? Then maybe it's maybe just he was try sorry. I mean, maybe he was trying to get like a hostage situation for Vander to like, get Vander, since apparently like that was something he wanted to do at some point. So maybe it was like a way to get to Vander. Yeah, just keep an eye on them because he, he knows Vander likes these like those kids. Yeah, I, maybe I was a bit. Uh, and I mean, this only came up in the rewatch when I actually knew the context of things. Um, so I don't know if it could be just like some like a plot convenience thing that they wrote in uh, but i really couldn't figure out what the original orders were for deckard because he ended yeah, so up messing for, up because for me like since i haven't seen the whole way through i was like oh they'll probably like when i, I saw this i'm like oh that'll probably make sense later on and then i forgot i completely forgot about it now but i guess so you see the whole thing and then you go back and watch it like that doesn't make sense later on <laughs> why why does it matter yeah just a minor thing uh, and then uh, last point I have on the episode is the idea of um, the shimmer, which is that chemical that they, they yeah. feed the rat at the end of episode one. Um, I like the it's sort of a it's sort of also the powers that you get from that reflect the character of Silco and people in the Undercity in general. In the case that 
the prey becomes a predator. So again, they give it to the rat, which in turn kills the cat. Um, so I thought that was a, a really cool similarity um, between, you know, what Silco wants to do with the Undercity versus the Topsiders and who's going to chase who. So, so who was your yeah. MVP in your, uh, in your favorite scene? Or I guess your favorite uh, scene you Vi. said was Vi in the knife, but what was your MVP? Vi. Was and, she I your mean, MVP for I, every episode? <laughs> no. <laughs> it, interestingly, out of the first three episodes, they're all different. Because uh, I was, gonna, I would oh, put Vi as my MVP for episode two. Whenever, like how the episode two ended with her, you know, I guess I don't know if, how how we want to jump around, but her going and deciding to give herself up to save her family. I was like, mm-hmm. all right, Vi, that, that was a that was probably my favorite scene in that episode. Just like her, you know, saying goodbye. Yeah, and like going I, have, and I down. have some comments on that. You guys want to move on to episode two then? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, I think, I don't, I don't know if we need to have a, a super granular like play-by-play, but definitely hearing your favorite scene and different themes is, is always cool. But I also wanted to say too, like uh, just really quick, is um, the love my love for the show too is like how the color schemes of Piltover and the Undercity are inverted. It's like blue and gold versus like mm-hmm. purple and gray and, and green. So it's fun to kind of see all of that. And also, like, when they do color design for Piltover, a lot of the valley work is on, like, the high end. So it's a lot of whites and, like, light tones. And then, you know, under cities inverted. So obviously, there's very obvious, you know, mirrored uh, choices, but it's still fun. Nice. Uh, so safe, even though it's a bit skipping around, but I'll, I'll give my take on, on that scene you mentioned of, uh, of Vi sort of turning herself in. Mm-hmm. Um, something I didn't interpret it this way until I watched the video, uh, with an analysis, they were sort of saying that, uh, so Vi basically decides to turn herself in and Vander was going to let her turn herself in until the scene with powder at the end of episode two happened. So you remember yeah. the, the, the scene didn't... is, uh, to me, I thought he didn't know if she was turning herself in. I thought she just like sneakily did it. And then he, when he saw Powder with that bunny, he's like, how does she have that bunny? Like she would only give up that bunny if she was trying to like give herself up kind of thing. And so he knew that she was giving herself up and then he rushed to find her. And I guess assumed that she was at Benzo's or or whatnot. But that's that's how I, and I guess perceive it as like that's how i interpret it as gotcha yeah i mean not sure but uh the um, the point was that yeah that the, that scene with powder did um force force vander to reconsider um to rescue to rescue uh to vi um which is not something that i caught the first time around so it's yeah, a fun and, and, thing and, to go back to see and to me that doesn't make sense like that for that to be the reason like for him to have let her give him herself up like that doesn't make sense to me like it did not seem like at any point that that's the route they were going it seemed like violet did that all on her own and then that's how he yeah. found out she was doing it that that makes way more sense to me than him seeing the bunny is like oh no i shouldn't let her do it it was more like a the bunny why is that there oh shit she's giving well, herself w- up 
And to me, it's not the bunny. It's more just the seeing powder. The powder being sad. sad. And, yeah, yeah, basically. And realizing it's like, this is going to be powder's life if I don't rescue Vi. Yeah, and I guess we don't know because they don't show anything about that as far as how it exactly happened. But I, yeah, I like the to think of a little, it. The timing's a little iffy because they have that scene with uh, Grace, Greystone receiving that telegram. So I don't know if they played with timing or something and they showed things out of order. But mm. uh, but I thought it's, uh, I mean, it was fun just to have a, such a complex dynamic where you're thinking like, yeah. what happened first? Did this happen? And what led this character to make that turn? Um, yeah. So again, I, just it, adding to the, the depth. And I assumed uh, Echo, the kid that worked for, that's the kid's name that worked for yeah. uh, Benzo, right? Benzo. Yeah, I assumed that yeah. he just told her about that little capsule thing and then she stole it and then did it all herself that was my assumption oh, so i you, think that you think you think if i sent the telegram yeah that's what i think so i think that's what i think happened and in my opinion that makes vi look a lot more badass and that's why i liked her a lot in that in this episode that's where i actually put her as my mvp i guess if you were mm-hmm. to for her as mvp for this episode because i'm like man she just did all that to save her family on her own. I mean, it's yeah. possible that's not how like, it worked. Like that's that how I interpreted it as. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, my favorite scene, uh, jumping back earlier in this episode, was the on the mountain and then the huge magic magic circle thing. Because I'm a sucker for magic circles. That was just... Is that what they look you like? Mean, in, you mean the, the Jace thing? Yeah, Jace, Jace as a kid. Jace being rescued? Jace being rescued. That is my favorite scene of the yeah, episode yeah. for sure. And I feel like it just captured like such a an amazing uh, vibe. But uh, obviously, my favorite character of this episode was Vander, because it was fun to see no. the, the sacrifice and how that scene was cut, where you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Vander is also my MVP, and my favorite my favorite scene was uh, Vander and Vi on the bridge, basically discussing what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me see. So in this, one of the parallels that I have is that as Vander tries to parent Vi in the sense of turning her away from violence, uh, Vi parallels that with Powder in the sense that before she goes to turn herself in, she exchanges Powder's grenades for her bunny. So the same way, you know, that um, Vander's trying to make the world better for Vi, Vi is trying to do that for powder in a way that sort of takes violence away from their lives. So I really like yeah. that. Um, but driven, driven by Vander. Yeah. And another, so this episode as a whole, what I liked a lot about it, and I like this a lot when shows do it in general, is when they show the other the side of this. Yeah. yeah, the different perspective. Like I love that. Like when I love seeing the same thing, but from a different perspective. And I and they did a really good job of that on the show. Honestly, I wish there was a little bit more uh, stuff to where you can see exactly the time frame. Because at some points, I was like, okay, I'm kind of confused to where we are on the time frame between each uh, between the two episodes. But for the most part, it was it was very enjoyable to see that. I, I like I like that aspect of this episode a lot. It was yeah. very fun because you, you especially knew the, the ticking time bomb of the room exploding. So it raised the yeah. stakes so much higher versus just seeing them like, oh, it's a heist. But having the heist end in an explosion, it was very fun. Yeah, and I, I was like, these kids are going to die that. right now. Or like <laughs> only the, wish the, we could have seen the sandwiches being made. 
Again, it's a little bad. Sh- the show is unwatchable because <laughs> the sandwiches. Who knows? Maybe and the clouds. The clouds are two D. Maybe the sandwiches are because he's so en- engulfed in his in in his work. He doesn't eat. And that, he doesn't eat. He forgets about his sandwiches. Maybe Caitlin he picks them made up them. And, yeah, he picks Caitlin them up and he leaves them. them there on his on his blueprints because he got distracted by his blueprints and he forgot all about the sandwiches. <laughs> That's fair. Um, also, too, seeing Heimerdinger's model and his like fluffy head, he looks so cute. He's so cute, like and so fluffy. I I, I want to like scrooch his little like hair. <laughs> His voice, his voice is pretty cute too. Yeah. Couple of details were that uh, um, so the crystals are the hex crystals from the magic, and from that flashback of Jay's, we we learned that they can be depleted because um, when when the guy uses it up and gives it back to to Jay's, it seems to change color. So I noticed that, uh, and then we also learned that arcane is, refers to basically magic. So that was neat to sort of define it. Then we met Heimerdinger, who is 307 years old. Um, and his whole thing, I I go back and forth on his character. I won't say too much, but like his, his whole thing of like, oh, magic is too risky. You know, we're scientists, but we won't touch that. To me, it's, I don't know, it's, it goes against like a true scientific pursuit or the scientific. He's a pussy, dude. No, it's it's because what? it's because he's biased because he saw the like the world being destroyed by magic like 300 years ago. Yeah, and I mean in later episodes I'll mention how I also have. I think his character is kind of weak in general. Sure, like his motivations, uh, but that'll come in later. But uh, Arcane's not about Heimerdinger. It's about you know Vi and and Powder and 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 Jace and whatever. Like it's not like he's not a like main character. He's 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 just a supporting character. Yeah, but I think like he's there sort of to to be a sort of obstacle Reasoning. for for Jason Victor, but he could have been more uh, more solid, I think, as a character. That's fair. And like his his motivations and uh, his actions towards you know actually. So if if his resolve is to um, to not allow magic to be investigated. Um, I mean, minor spoiler, but lo and behold, yeah, they're going to use Hextech a bunch. So he, you know, he didn't, it was like, oh, it's not safe. Oh, I guess it is safe. Okay. Okay. No, no, it's not safe. Okay. It is. He goes, he ping pongs all over the place on that. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, I like that the show Powder being a sharpshooter. So it's like, oh, she does have some skills. We're going to build on certain things. You know, she likes to make the little craft grenades and then uh she can kick butt with uh, with her aim that was fun um there was uh, a scene where a savika is shown in vander's bar did you guys pick up on that what was no. do you know savika savika is silko's uh number two lady oh that makes sense but that's not really but, like um like, unless you fully watched the series, you wouldn't see that. Yeah, I did not pick that up at all. Yeah. Well, I, saw, so my, I didn't I really get, know who she was until the third episode, I feel like. Yeah. Well, she yes, she is like Silco's lieutenant. But my the, the reason I bring it up is because I was a little confused if she was already sided with Silco at this point. And if even though she's with Silco, like she's still welcomed at the last drop and, and that kind of thing, you know. 
Well, I also kind of assume that they don't really know what Zilko and all of them are doing, right? They kind of just keep to themselves, and then. Well, but so. Van, I mean, Vander and Zilko are forever enemies uh, from episode one. Yeah, but like so Zilko, that's... yeah, he knows Zilko specifically, but it doesn't mean he knows all the people that work for him, right? I don't. Know, I w- I would imagine Vander knows that knows um, everyone. Savika Savika is his lieutenant. So anyways, just detail. Um, but also, Vander the, seems like kind of the guy. Even if Silka went into the bar, he probably would wouldn't care. He, like he probably would still yeah. serve him. He wouldn't be like, "You're not welcome here. Get out of here." He'd probably be like, "Okay, yeah, here you go." Yeah. Is he texted now? You're not welcome here. <laughs> Yeah, around these parts. We don't, we don't take kindly to... Australian Texan? Yeah, I don't know. Ship on the barbie. So one of the, <laughs> so one of the, the parallels I made to uh, Attack on Titan was sort of the, the idea of having magic in Arcane. So when they do the trial to, for Jace, they mentioned that they built Piltover to get away from magic and how you know magic is something you're born with, similar to the power of the Titans, and they wanted they wanted nothing to do with it. Um, so it sort of gave me the vibe of Attack on Titan and these people, these Marley people, just trying to get away from the the demons from the island and you know have nothing to do with them. And I mean, at least from the Attack on Titan um, story, you know, it ends up being turning out into an all-out war for. You know, the pure bloods versus the demon blood. Um, and I guess you can say that them trying to harness the power of magic is also... Them controlling to, the titans. Yeah, controlling the titans. So, Yeah, I, I, don't, I didn't think about that. I mean, I also don't, didn't try pulling any comparisons with Attack on Titan, which is coming out soon <laughs> for the final season. I found the at the end when they like sort of voted on Jace's fate, I thought that was like very wishy-washy. How it's just like so much is like, I think we should do this. Raise my hand. Who thinks that? Okay, let's go. But I guess that's how they roll. Uh, and then uh, Greystone again. Like I like what they did with the character a lot and how she's a very... Uh, she deals in both the Undercity and Piltover and has to kind of keep the peace between both ends, but the Piltover people are really pushing her to make a, make an arrest. So I like, I like to see a character kind of like that being pushed between a rock and a hard place because she knows that she has to keep peace in the Undercity and Vander's a big part of that. Um, so that was fun. Let's see what else. And then she had her little bitch assistant that screwed everything up. Oh, uh, gosh. What did you think about uh, Jay's when Jay's was uh, about to take that plunge because his, his life was so sad? I, I felt like it was kind of, I mean, I don't know if it was a little extreme. I felt like he should have kept going, if, <laughs> especially if he had like, it didn't seem like he was at the point where like, oh, my life's over, yeah. I'm going to end it. It seemed like he was, was going to keep dramatic. going on. So it didn't really make much sense to me that he was going to kill himself there. Um, well, it's because he, he he got kicked out of school and you know everything, or his academy thing. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it just it seem a little rushed, but I mean, most suicide attempts are pretty impulsive, so it felt realistic enough to me, and it at least allowed for the cool scene with Victor to help him out. 
Mm-hmm. Are you guys a fan of that that bromance? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Victor's my favorite character overall in terms of the series. So, so I'm only in episode three, like I said, uh, but I feel like Victor from the get go, he just seems sketch. Like Victor seems sketch as shit to me, and I'm pretty like hesitant on how I feel about him. So I don't know. I, I'm sure I'll that'll get answered later on in in the show, but. Um, yeah, I don't trust Victor. I think he's going to try and screw things up for, for Jace. So, um, but like, why do you think he's working for someone else? Or I think he's, he's going to try like, and ulterior motives. Yeah. I think he has ulterior motives to, to what he's doing right now. Like you think he's going to try and do something with the magic they're trying to create. Like he doesn't like, mm-hmm. he just never seemed like he was pro Jace was pro the magic. I don't know. He just seems very sketched to me. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'm just thinking, maybe I just, I'm not trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's because he has the sharp angles and stuff and Jace's face is more traditionally handsome, you know? So that, <laughs> Honestly, that could be it. He, he seems kind of like a fox cause he has such yeah. a sharp angles and he's got the accent and the, and the cane. I think those three things are like, nope, this guy is true. Can't it's, trust true. Him. <laughs> it's, it, it's the halo effect. Beautiful people are assumed to be uh, higher moral standing. Morally, morally sound. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I bet also if he had like a, a a normal, like the same accent as Jace instead of the like whatever accent he does have, I think that also would make me trust him more. But just because like he is clearly different, I'm like this guy is gonna. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, not, I'm like. I don't know what it is. I just like all the different aspects of him, and like. How he how he also defies the the cute dude. I can't remember his name. Like, it just like seems like yeah, he's like he's up to no good in my mind, you know. Yeah, that's fair. I like Victor's a good character, and I mean, there's in the first three episodes we don't see much of him, but uh, he's very well developed, and especially when you foil him with Heimerdinger, they're very they're very good opposites. Um, I think is it in this episode or episode three that he says something like. He doesn't want to be an assistant for the rest of his life. Did that happen here? It was in episode two. Yeah, that was okay. Yeah, and yeah, that's. uh, I mean, that when you consider that he's saying that from a point of view as a of a human compared to Heimerdinger, who I believe is a yordle. Is Mm -hmm. that the term? Yeah, yordle. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, like how are you? You you are doomed to be an assistant for life if you're working for a yordle who's been around for three hundred years. You know. so I think, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot to his character that is very well-founded uh, and very, very strong motivations either way. So I had a question on, on, on the Academy. Who's in charge of the Academy? I thought the Chancellor dude that got the toy for his, his birthday was the head of the Academy. I think no, it's the Heimer Council, Dinger. all right? Well, Heimerdinger is the, the academic guy who is also Yeah, but I thought he was just council. a professor. No, but he's also part of the council as a as a general counselor. Yeah, I guess like I, I have to look into it, but for some reason I thought the the dumb guy that got the toy. No, I think I mean everyone as far as I know, everyone in the council is treated as an equal. I mean, they're all the rulers of Piltover. Yeah, because Piltover yeah, is run by an oligarchy. And so it it's like different council members are the people who are the ones who decide on that so maybe, so maybe the idiot guy is just some traitor you know what i mean like like, like yeah because like he, he mentions prince. yeah yeah he i think later on he talks about um his goods being traded from here and there or something like that 
Got it. Yeah, just for, I don't know why. Just for some reason, I thought the head of the academy was that guy. Not everyone's a nerd no. safe, okay? I mean, wasn't it Lee was like fooled by a child's toy or something like that? That's what he's playing with. Oh yeah, because yeah, because yeah, she was she was like this puzzle box is too difficult. Like this one's for children. Yeah. Here you go, and, stupid fat boy. Yeah. We'll probably get into Medarda later. That that lady character. But uh, she's she's really good, and she has some good good development later on. Uh, let's see. Yeah, what do you guys think on episode three about um, Silco and, and Vander having their sort of fallout? It was very cathartic and beautifully done, and I loved the symmetry and the closing the loop, especially with the opening of the the first this first pack of episodes with the kind of war colory stuff. And it ends in a similar mm-hmm. color scheme. It felt very much like this pack was done, and it was wonderful. I loved nice. it. Well, to be honest, uh, my my MVP for episode three is Silco. Actually, I think I think you did a great job this episode. Yeah, um, my my MVP my my MVP for this episode is actually Powder because I think this was like a, a beautiful story nice. arc. Seeing all of her development and seeing like I I think she had the most like. Uh, um, like plot points and made a lot of sense. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. What yeah, do you think MVP about uh, Vander in this episode? Oh. That's fair. Vander, Vander <laughs> is about, a pretty good dad. What do you think about Vander saying that uh, he'll never forgive himself for what he did to Silco? Is it just Vander being a good guy, regretting his sort of falling out with him? I mean, it seems like they were pretty close in general. So I feel like if you're going to have a falling out with someone that you're close with and care about, of course, it's not going to be something that you're happy with, especially how <laughs> it went down, which I did like how the opening scene was a drowning. And then that's then it came back on later. So I was like very confused with that opening scene. I also thought it was mm-hmm. Victor in the very beginning. I'm like, who is that? Is that Victor? Like, I can't tell who that is. And then later on figured out, you know, obviously it's Zilko. But uh, I, I, I thought... It was, I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm on that as far as him regretting it. I mean, I feel like I would regret it if someone that I saw as my brother, I tried to kill. And so I've loved, you know, all my time, all my life and like respected. And now I'm trying to kill them. Of course, I would regret that, you know. Gotcha. Um, let's see. Also, another side thing. I was surprised in this episode pack. No one dove down into the water to get the goodies that vibe yes. dropped down there but i <laughs> but i think seeing the whole like the water is toxic and it has exactly. cool, uh, eaten away my eye and now i'm evil or something i think that was explaining why no one dove into the water because the water is like death <laughs> yeah, yeah that's exactly I think- what i was thinking the whole time too i'm like why is no one just jumping in the freaking water and getting they can't can they not swim <laughs> and then well then at first i thought oh maybe because all those monsters are around there too that they showed in the very first episode um, from his little lair that are in the water, mm-hmm. and then the poison thing. I'm like, so is all that water poisoned, or like, is it a specific area that he was throwing him in poisoned? I have no idea. I think in a later episode, uh, it is. I don't know if directly stated or not, but hinted that um, Victor's sort of disability could be like water related, where he grew well, up because, because Victor's from. Um, the undercity the undercity so yeah. like yeah he obviously his it's all related to the toxins and all that stuff because essentially all, uh, 
the greater lore is that there's a bunch of miners that are mining all of the shit for uh, Piltover to run, essentially. So it, it's the classic kind of like class struggle where you have like the, you know, peasants, serfs, you know, working away and they're dying and having worse health outcome and having all the pollution. So the shiny penny can, you know, look pretty up top. Well, and that's something that also confused me. I was like, how is he able to get into the city if he was from the undercity? Like, how? I'm, I'm sure that's going to be further explored later on, but I'm like, how did he end up getting in? And, like, people know that he is also from the undercity. So uh, I'm just curious to how he got to join. The pulled himself by the bootstraps. Yeah, Heimerdinger pulled him up by, by his bootstraps. <laughs> it's all about the bootstraps, Tiny bootstraps. Yeah. <laughs> If you try real hard, safe, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, now, my question on this episode is, how does everyone on, like, Powder Violet's side die from the explosion? But apparently, like, no one dies from Silco's side. Um, no, a lot of people died on Soko's side. We're talking about a, a lot of the unnamed hench, henchmen that had no voice lines were like blown to smithereens. It just seemed like, but like whenever they were them, showing, some of them like straight up wake up at the end. Are you referring so, to those? Well, yeah, because like at the very end when they're like showing them all all standing behind Zilko as Patters like hugging him, I'm like, how the fuck did yeah. all of these people survive? I thought at least a few of them. I'm pretty sure I saw blow up and they survive, but. The kids and and the I mean Vander survived technically that too, but the kids in it. Maybe what it is is uh it, like they were in a smaller room, so the explosion had more concussive force than the larger room, right? Maybe that's solvable and then, and, with a force intensity problem. And then, and then my big question too of this scene and this <laughs> ending is, I personally think they all would have died if Patter didn't do that. So what do y'all think on that? Do you think Patter? caused their deaths deaths or would they have died even if she hadn't done that i don't know i feel like they well, were they were gonna get out because they the, the hole was done so like they were good to go in, but the, in general, also the guy like was what well, i think like the guy the big monster dude i can't remember his name he he was about to break through that door like even if they had gone yeah. out that hole that he they would have caught up to them and that guy was fast mm-hmm. like he was had that superhuman ability he was on shimmer yeah, he was. He would have beat them. So, I mean, he beat Vander, right? So there's yeah. no, uh, they wouldn't have been able to win against him. So I think either way, they would have died. So in, in general, like I, I like how the scene turned out in terms of what it showed from each of the characters, but I w- had a lot of issues with the setup because to me it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, to me, it felt like a trap. So so vibe. Vi, Clagger, and, and Milo get in basically without a hitch. And even even um, Vander's like, how did you get in? There's all these guards. And to me, it's like, oh, that it was a trap. You yeah, know, um, exactly. Uh, 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 what's his name? Silka wanted them to get in. Yeah. But then it made no sense to me why, if this was a trap, why the heck Silko did like a one-on-one fight with Vi instead of just, you know, sending all his henchmen after them and just grabbing them. And also, why is does this room have a, a locked gate? You know, this really heavy metal door. It just if I yeah. was Silco, that was a terrible that was a terrible trap from Silco's yeah. part. <laughs> I, I I agree with that. Like if anything, that door would have made more sense if it locked on the other side where they are. 
Yeah, it's like, okay, if you were planning this to be a trap, like, why why are they able to break the wall behind them? And why are you having this, like, one-on-one fight, this fair fight on this dramatic bridge? It was it was for show. Yeah. But yeah, he, uh, he, from a reasonable point that, of view. He even did that classic evil clap. Is like, ha-ha, <laughs> you, you, you fell into my trap, you know? Now but let me describe why like... I brought you all here. And here is my plan. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Milo is untying Vander, you know? It's like, what? Like, what can, What are you doing, Tilko? Like, what? Which I did yeah. enjoy the character development of Milo. I'm like, look at that. He's finally calmed down and able to pick the lock. Yeah. And I was like, now, cool. Now like, it's I'm time so for excited for Milo's future. And then he dies. <laughs> Because well, he finished his character arc. It's time for him to die. That's the, yeah, that's the he, only other emotional value he can bring is by dying. So he needs to die. Uh, and then in, in general with magic, I do. I, I feel like it's a bit loosey goosey the way that they're using they're they're using magic and they're going to use hex tech. Um, it's just like oh, like let's throw a bunch of buzzwords. Oh, let's let's not let's not stabilize it let's crank it yeah crank it yeah. let's do this let's do that um which is i mean you know i'm a i'm a sucker for for rules in shows so magic in general is like it does whatever we want it to do yay what do you mean it seems so, consistent like sometimes <laughs> sometimes you have to like like define define the resonant frequency you have to increase the actual <laughs> overall frequency like, like that's a real thing in, in yeah, uh, that's a real thing in in harmonics, Bruno. Come on. Sure, sure, but I mean, like, just some of the you know the tools that are going to be used, and then the like. I, I I was thinking of the magic as a sort of energy source, yeah, but yeah. they're going to use it to basically make everything in the future. You know, it's like sure, I guess you know, energy this, energy that, and whatever. I'm Stabilize I'm a sucker for that stuff it. too, I guess, but in, in a different way from you, I think. <laughs> I'm a sucker to, to just believe, not to poke holes. <laughs> <laughs> so we are getting close on time. So is there anything else that y'all like wanted to mention before we close this out? I think uh, back to the yeah, first question, Safe. Did Powder do anything wrong? I mean, I think the answer is yes, she killed everyone. <laughs> I don't think she did anything wrong. Like I said, I I think they would have died even if she hadn't showed up. So I think she ended up. She actually did save Vi by showing up, but I don't know. I still don't think it warrants her drastic uh, change in personality at the very end. Not personality, but like change in like um, loyalty at the very end. There. Mm-hmm. I thought it was valid. I mean, she's been rejected her whole life as an orphan by the group and Vi's the only one that sort of stood up for her. And in an earlier episode, you saw her, I mean, it was an incomplete scene, but you see her hearing Vi say something bad about her uh, incompletely. So I think it was built, I think it was built up. And once Vi walks out from her and after she kills like basically her family, like that's, and Vi walks out on her. And she has such a breakdown. I mean, that was a visceral scene, too, with her and the crying. That was pretty rough. The crying before she went and saved them, right? Both. Because like the, the crying before she went to save them, I'm like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Patter, chill, dude. <laughs> but also also when she's crying out for Violet. And she actually yeah. says Violet, I think, for the first time in the show, calls out her full yeah. name. 
Uh, I have a question. Uh, why does Marcus say bye? Marcus. Yeah, the the enforcer. At the very end. I think it's yeah, because I, I, he, well, he, well, he, he said he chloroformed her, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but, but I just yeah, but, I don't like. But he also I said too in out. an earlier scene he was he was like he'll like, kill you. Like in the previous episode where the, the shimmer beast killed everyone, right? He was like, it wasn't supposed to go, go down this way. Like, what are you doing? So I think he so, was patrolling or something, seeing this happen. He thought, okay, I can save Vi from being killed. So he by had a, a moral reckoning. Yeah. So, so I think, in a way, that's his way of like doing some sort of like uh, penance or something. Well, mm-hmm. I think you guys ruined it for me because what I expected to happen was that he's actually taking her so he can throw someone in jail up in Piltor. So <laughs> that's how I took it as. So not to save someone, but to save himself. Now, maybe yeah. I guess that's wrong since <laughs> that's not how you guys took it as. You mean you mean to put the pin the blame on her? The for the robbery that happened in Piltor, since they need someone still to bring up there, right? Actually, um, yeah. Yeah. Then maybe maybe that's why I don't know. But um, <laughs> maybe yeah. that's why. <laughs> we'll find out in the next episode, Pax. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then uh, the scene where um, Vi is basically chastising Powder about this whole thing. She like grabs her by the face, and that that uh, parallels the scene with Silco and Vander, where Vander's trying to choke Silco. Yep, it was um, beautiful. So that was a cool that was a cool callback. Uh, and yeah, lots lots of uh, traumatic events. Awesome. I can't wait. Well, thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you all next time for part two of Arcane.